Hi, my name is David Speed. And I'm Adam Brazier. And this is the Creative Rebels podcast. Featuring inspirational stories and practical advice from some of the most prolific and successful creators in the world. Adam and I have co-founded multiple creative businesses and turned our varied passions into our careers. There's never been a better time in history to make a career from being creative. So many people will tell you that you can't do it, but we're here to show you that you definitely can. Right, let's do a podcast. Welcome back, Rebels. That was a very lovely one. I'm very over the moon today. Um, <laughs> I think it's just been... So we've got some exciting stuff coming for you guys soon. And today has been the day that I've kind of like wrapped up a really big portion of it and sent it over for like approval. So yeah, it's, it's so exciting to have that weight off my mind, I suppose. All right, King of Vague. King of Vague. Well, it's keeping a bit of mystery, isn't it? So like if you're not already, subscribe so you can find out next week. Yeah, indeed. Uh, yeah, we've got a brand partnership that we've done. It's, it's not a cheesy one. It's a really good one. And the content that's come forward from that collaboration is uh, is very excellent. So that's going to be exciting. And thank you to everyone who has been uh, reaching out to us this week from like just so much feedback from the Lucy and Yak episode. Uh, oh, it seems, seems like brilliant. that. Yeah, that went down really well with people. Yeah, I think it's one of those ones where the our audience is definitely aligned there. It reminds me of when we did the Poppy's Paper Cuts episode and like our audiences are both really, really similar. So as soon as you get those crossovers, people instantly connect because they're, they're already your audience. They just don't know it yet. Yeah, for, for us, I mean, I suppose when we're, we're selecting guests, it's, it's like from all over the spectrum of like whoever we can find that we think will be interesting. But yeah, yeah it, was, it was mad to me, like people reaching out who I know are existing listeners saying like oh i love this brand and that, that were already kind of hip to them which was was quite interesting to see so um so yeah thank you to everyone who who fed back and uh thank you to everyone who subscribed to the patreon as well because we had a, a bump in subscribers on patreon so thank you it really helps and uh we are trying to recover from losing our our podcasting studio and uh if you are able to support us, then uh, that really helps us get back on our feet. Yeah, it would be absolutely great to have a studio again. I feel like times are slowly getting into that stage now where we can start to see other people. Things are slowly getting back to a bit more normal. And to be able to have a, a studio again where we can speak to guests in person would be really great. So hugely appreciate everyone who has supported us on Patreon because, yeah, it's you who's helping that happen. Um, should we talk about the other day you were telling me about your your new life hack? I feel like the listeners would uh, would gain would gain some value from that. Yeah, I think this is like this has been working for me so well. So basically, my new strategy is it's like getting rid of stress. So after speaking to Nir Eyal and a few things I've been reading recently, I've decided that instead of having a to do list, I basically have a get rid of stress list. So what I've decided to do is every day I'll write down three things, the three things that are stressing me out the most, with whatever that could be. And I'll make sure that I start the day off by doing those because I feel like if you have some kind of to-do list or something, I'll always just go for, oh, well, it's early. I'm a bit tired. I'm just going to do a couple of easy things. Whereas I've now found that by working on the most stressful things first, getting those out of the way, then it stops my stress levels building up for the day because I know that I haven't done these things yet. And I found it really, really effective to actually combat things and just get through the week a bit bit more stress-free, a bit calmer, and actually getting some of the most productive things done. 
Yeah, so what I do is first thing in the morning, I just ask myself, what are the three things that are stressing me out the most? I'll then write those down on a piece of paper and then I'll dedicate the first half of my day to trying to get rid of those things out of my to-do list, like get them out of my mind. And then I can start focusing on things that bring me a bit more happiness. Yeah, I love that. I think because otherwise you always have that nagging voice in the back of your head going, you haven't done that thing yet. Yeah. And and you're, and it means you can't enjoy, fully enjoy the things that you do enjoy doing. So if exactly, I'm painting, yeah. but I know that I've got to email someone back, then I'm not fully focused on the painting because I'm thinking about what I've got to say to the XYZ person. Oh yeah, completely. I feel exactly the same. It's like if I'm doing something that I enjoy doing, but I know, yeah, there's something lurking. It's like it's just those lurking thoughts that are like, oh, I know I need to be doing this. And generally it's a bit of procrastination of you being like, oh, I'm going to put it off because I don't want to do it because it's not enjoyable. But yeah, because you know you have to do it, you, you make it priority. I had an amazing comment on uh, my Instagram today and it was in reference to the story we told a, a few weeks back um, of the Karen that attacked me in the street. Oh yeah. Didn't like my dog painting. Um, and she, she found the dog painting and she commented on it and she's like, oh, I've named my, like, like my internal um, negative voice is now um, that, la like that lady. <laughs> amazing. And, and she's the dog. I was, I was <laughs> the coolest shit ever. That's brilliant. So I know we say it every week, but uh, what an episode we have this week. Oh, this, yeah, this episode is so great. It's so like full of hope and passion. It's just like a great one. If I didn't have a dad, I would want Gary Andrews to be my dad, I think. If John Lewis did a Christmas advert about a great dad, it would be this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's not listening to this. He probably is. Um, yeah, what what a what a lovely pure person, um, and and an open book, literally an open book. Yeah, what's amazing about Gary is he likes to really concentrate on his day and work out what the little highlights are, what are the good bits, and then try and capture those in an image and then post those online. One of my kind of biggest takeaways from this episode was his helping people. He he said he says during the episode, I I didn't ever want to monetize this. I don't know how. I don't even know how to monetize it. Yeah. He just does it for, he does it for himself first and for, first and foremost. Like that is the, he, he has to do it. Like he has this need to produce a drawing every single day. And then secondly, he also knows that by posting it online, it will help a bunch of people or it'll make them smile or it'll brighten their day in some way. It's such a pure way of, of doing things. And it's yeah. what we try and do with this podcast is like reach people, help them, uh, try and make them feel something to like inspired or or just improve their self-belief because I, I just think like people we know that people just don't have confidence in themselves and and through regularly listening to the stories of people who've who've pushed through that you start to realize like I can do this like whoever you are whatever it is that you're working on like you can do this yeah and that just comes down to consistency it's what we've talked about so many times before consistency and patience like Gary's not going to Gary's not gone out to do this to become famous, to become anything. He's just done one thing every single day, kind of no matter what, I think apart from one day ever, he's continued to do this thing. It's that consistency. It's that setting a certain amount of time aside every single day that just makes such a huge difference when you add it all up and it becomes like one huge piece of work. So that means it might take you longer. Your slice of time every day that you do your one thing might be less than other people who have a couple of hours a day to do do the thing or they have all day to do the thing on a long enough timeline 
consistency plus patience equals success. So just keep going, keep doing that one thing. Being the massive maths nerd that I am, I was listening to Seth Godin the other day and he was just talking about how when you've got kids, it's like they can come home from school and they can watch the Flintstones all evening or they can sit and do something useful. And then I was suddenly like, oh, I wonder how much time you would actually have to spend for it to be like an extra year of school. And it worked out if you spent an extra hour and a half a day as a kid doing homework or something or just doing something that's interesting that's learning outside of just day-to-day school you did that for three years that would be the equivalent to a whole extra years worth of schooling so like just by doing an hour and a half a day even if that's just like getting up like an hour earlier to have like do half an hour in the morning an hour in the evening or something that's like that's not completely ridiculous like that's something that i probably did as a kid anyway just sat on the computer just learning stuff but that suddenly puts you so much further ahead of everyone else because you've bothered to put that time in whilst they're watching the Flintstones, you're just learning something. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, you can tell we don't plan out our intros because that <laughs> went all over the place. But um, but but yes, uh, so this week's guest is Gary Andrews. Gary Andrews is an animator, illustrator and cartoonist. Gary records events in his life through a drawing each day. After tragically losing his wife, Gary continued to doodle and began to address the roller coaster of grieving through his drawings. His work is a source of joy to many, as without fail, he documents silly, mundane, or emotional events every single day. In this episode, we talk about drawing every day, discipline, and social media. They're following because these funny little scribbles have touched an emotional chord, and I think that's a really nice feeling. And I and I. I get lovely messages from people. Hi, Gary. Hello. Welcome to our show. Thank you very much for having me on. So um, I think the, the place where most people kind of started to find out about you was through your Doodle A Day series. Um, how did Doodle a Day start? Uh, Doodle a Day started oh god about four four years ago, five years ago now. Oh, I've lost track of how long it was. Fifty fourth birth, fifty fifth birthday. Yeah, about five years ago. And um, I, in my job um, as an animator, illustrator, stuff like that, I'm drawing all day, every day. But I, uh, in the last few years, obviously, I'm drawing on a, a Cintiq tablet, which is a you know. A, screen that you draw on with a funky pen it's electric paper basically with an undo button and all that sort of thing which is wonderful for work but I realized I'd sort of lost touch with the essential uh side of drawing the scratch of the pen on the paper the smell of the ink the the the, the fact that you you know if you're working in ink you can't rub it out that sort of thing and and I decided that I wanted to do like a drawing every day and um I thought, well, if I just sort of decide I'm going to do that, it's not going to happen. The discipline will drop. So I decided to make it uh, like a diary, like last thing at night. The last thing I'd do each day would be do a drawing that related to something that had either happened or I'd read or whatever that day. Uh, so I started doing that and um, used to, I just posted them online just for the hell of it, just for fun. Uh, with my with, And my friends and stuff used to look and comment or whatever, the sort of... The, the, couple of hundred people that used to follow that in those days sort of thing or whatever and 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 it, and it was fun and so that was that became part of my daily routine and I would sit there at the up night and do a drawing show my wife we'd have a laugh the kids would come down the next morning what was this day's drawing dad were we in it uh so that was how it started really and then were those yeah. drawings for um were you putting them out onto social media for like to gain a following or was it just no I've never I've never 
seen uh, oh i know to the point on it was never into getting a following it didn't bother me i've got a job i get paid I, yeah. I just put them out there because I thought people might find them amusing because a lot of them were funny or whatever. So I thought, well, if my friends who follow me, you know, if, if, if it was the old days, you'd show them the sketchbook when they visited your house. Oh, I did these the other day. This is fun. And, and, but it was like you could just put it out there and people could comment on it. And sometimes they'd appear in it. So it was literally just to communicate with my, my mates and, and, and the, the very small number of people I didn't know who followed me or whatever on Twitter, you know. Um, so that's the only reason for putting them out there. And also it was a good place to sort of, um, you got them in a sketchbook, but if you lose the sketchbook, it's gone. So putting them out there meant they were, they were digitally safe yeah. as well. So it was, a, it was another reason for doing it really. So it was just, it was just a fun thing to do. And that, that, was, the, that was the main reason for it. And how did you decide what to draw every day? I would literally, you'd sit at night and, you know, watching the TV and it's, oh, I think I'm heading towards bedtime. So I would just have, that um, to, to get a little bit 21st century modern, but the, the mindfulness moment, you know, you'd sit there and go, what happened today? Was some, did something funny happen? And you, you'd rethink your day. You'd be thinking through, and it was quite a nice way to sort of just go back over what had happened that day. Yeah. Or, I read that thing that really touched a chord. And oftentimes what would happen is during the day, if something, someone said something or I saw something, I'd jot it down on my phone in my notes on my phone in case I forgot. And I, I still do this, you know. Um, so that occasionally you have a day when nothing happens, you know, especially when like me, you work from home and, yeah. and you've not seen anybody or done anything apart from work. And that's the world's most boring drawing. So <laughs> yeah. I have a sort of a, 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 a sort of bank of things that have happened that are non-day specific, if you like. Oh, so okay, quite yeah. often it's a thing that's happened that day. I mean, I would say 95% of the time the drawing is, has been related to that day. But just occasionally, you've had one of those days. So I can dip into the bank and go, well, that's a universal thing. I'll use that one. They're all things that have actually happened, but they're not necessarily. I'm not sure I oh, shut up, Siri. <laughs> not necessarily that day. Would you, ever, would you ever go out and do anything just because you're like, oh, I haven't got anything to draw today. I'm going to go and do something fun so no. I can draw it. No, I've, I've, that was part of the, I had a self-imposed brief when I began it. I gave myself a, a brief. The brief was, whatever is in the drawing has to be real, has to have happened, yeah, and has to have been genuine and spontaneous. It's it 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 was never a um, playing to the audience kind of thing. Um, even even in its original incarnation, obviously things have changed, but we'll come on to that. But but it, it was never what would people like to see? It was always, it, it, that was one of my deals. The other self-imposed brief were no pre-drawing, no sketching first, straight in with the pen. Has to go straight in with the pen. And if you make a mistake, incorporate it. <laughs> Try not to take longer than 15 minutes to do the drawing. Um, yeah, th those, those are the sort of the rules I gave myself, which I have always stuck to. How important is discipline for you? In work, generally. Just in life? Uh, I think it's very important, especially when you're self-employed and work from home like I do, there is an element of discipline that you really, really need uh, to incorporate. Having said that, rules are there to be bent and broken occasionally, otherwise you'd go insane. And um, so discipline is important to me. I, I, you know, I start work at a specific time. I come out here, I work, I take my breaks when I need to. I try to stop at a certain time. And then obviously I don't always, but if I don't, I've allowed myself not to. I, I couldn't. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do what I do, and do the amount of things I do, 
if I didn't have some kind of discipline and routine. And, and the same applies to the kids. I say to them, especially during this lockdown that we're in at the moment, which I'm sure is part of what we'll come on to, you know, they have a discipline and routine. I worked, worked out a timetable, which we have on the wall, which is a kind of guide. And it's like, yeah, you've got to do your bits of schoolwork in the day. Initially, it was like, right, from 10 to 12, you do this, then you do that. Now it's like, look, get these things done today. I don't mm -hmm. care when you do them. But by the end of the day, if you haven't done them, you will keep going until you do. But take your breaks and learn your own discipline. Learn that I can do this, then I can take a break, but I've got to go back to it. And if I haven't done it, dad's going to make me keep doing it till tea time and I won't get some fun in the afternoon, you know. So I think learn teaching yourself a discipline that you can stick to is kind of important. Otherwise, it, I know personally, I wouldn't get anything done. <laughs> and do you, do, do you use any kind of like time planning in terms of like how you schedule your time during the day? I, I use, I have my calendar. I'm a, I'm a, uh, Apple person so I've got all my calendar on my phone my iPad my, my computer and you know I use that and I, I know people use the Google calendar whatever but yeah so I use my calendar that goes across all the devices and um, I do have the day kind of all the things I need to do in that day that are outside my regular program if you like that yeah. oh, this at that point that goes into the into that diary which goes everywhere and pings up so that I've got all the warnings set up otherwise again I have I'm incredibly busy and uh, I would forget to do things. So I've got that. I've got digital post-it notes all over my computer with lists on. I've got the no not only the calendar, but my notes have lists. I mean, I live by lists. And I have lists to say, look at your list. You know, I mean, it, it really... <laughs> and, and they're useful. And I mean, I know that I will never get everything done on the list. I put everything on there that I want to achieve. And I know that it won't all happen and it won't all happen today. Like it says, things to do today. But my things to do today list has got things on it that have been on there for a year. <laughs> But that's okay because they'll get done today, one day, you know. So, yeah, the discipline and the lists are important, but but I I don't get you know suicidal if I actually don't get everything done on it. Yeah. One question we were asked by a listener recently that we obviously we're unable to answer because we're not parents. Um, but there was someone was asking for advice for balancing career and parenting and as like a single parent now i would imagine obviously takes a toll on time that you have to spend on work it really does and um there's a couple of factors involved in that one is working for people who are understanding of your situation and luckily i've been very lucky ever since my wife died which is obviously something that'll come up in this conversation um the people i have worked with have been incredibly understanding that my time isn't theirs <laughs> but that they know that if i get the work done they don't mind when i get it done do you see what i mean and also the other factor is having kids that are um <laughs> that, that fit in with that well i mean i'm very lucky my kids are not problematic children though they're, they're, they're good kids and they don't demand a lot of my time they're of an age i mean they were they were seven and ten when my wife died they're now they're now 10 and 12. So they're, they're, they are of an age where they're quite self-reliant. Um, so during lockdown, for instance, I can, I set them up in the morning and then um, I, I can go in and check when I have my little walk around breaks to stop my legs seizing up, make sure they're doing okay. But I can basically leave them for their working day in the house. I mean, I'm only in the back garden. I'm literally just a shout away, but I can let them get on with it. And if they want me, they'll come and get me. So if I had younger children or children that maybe had more um, problems or demands, I think it would be an incredibly difficult thing. But going back to that discipline thing, I've instilled in them, you know, look, 
we have to get these things done at this time. And I say to them sometimes, are you okay if I go out and work for a couple of hours now? I've got to do that. Are you going to be all right? You've got things to do? Yeah, fine. I'm there if you need me. So it's, it's a bit of a give and take, but yeah, it does impact. I mean, you know, previously I would, I could work all the hours that there were because you know, my wife would, would be looking after them, whatever, or she'd be working while I'd look after them. And now I have to sort of say, no, that's it. So I start, uh, I start, I get out in the studio between eight and nine or whatever. And I will work solidly through till about three working flat out. And then I try to stop around about three or four rather than working till five or six. And if it didn't get it done today, I'll get it done tomorrow. Or I'll come back out here tonight when they're in bed and I'll get it done then. So yeah, flexibility is important in that, I think. So you mentioned there your your wife tragically passed away far too early. Um, she was young and um, that's obviously had a, I mean, life-changing, like everything probably I would imagine crashed, crashed down around you. Um, but one way that it appears to me that you dealt with the grief was by not quitting Doodle A Day um, and by actually exploring some of the stuff that you were going through within yeah. those cartoons. Yeah, it was. I mean, the only day I didn't do a drawing was the day I was flying home. I was in Canada when she was taken ill and I flew home. But by the time I arrived home, she'd, she'd already died. And, and the only time I didn't draw was the time I was on the overnight flight. So the day I got home and discovered that, I, that she died, I, I still drew that night because it was part of who I am now. And I had to do it. And it was a way that I could just get the, the feeling out. And that became something very important to me, that, that doing the drawings, you know, looking back on your day became a very different thing than it had been you know the day before yeah so but it, it was a way of processing what went on and and a way of re recognizing when humor returned which happened very quickly as well and um and it, it made me realize very quickly how important uh drawing was to me and to other people and ha what a great communicator it is and that's the thing that, that one of the big changes that happened is that suddenly strangers started following because they they picked up on it and and it just went crazy and 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 you know the numbers went through the roof whatever and suddenly I, it became a bit of a thing um and going back to an earlier question at that point i had to be very very strict with myself not to play to the crowd once i, I suddenly yeah. realized there were followers which was the thing i had followers i had fans and it was like how does that happen i did i was not that's something i wasn't expecting um but i i was very strict on myself that i never sort of said oh they like it when i do those sort of pictures therefore i'm going to do them i still had to keep it what happened because what they did relate to mostly was the normality was the everyday was the relatable so if i stopped doing that it didn't become what it was so that became a point and it became clear to me that the power of drawing to affect people's emotions to help them people who were going through something similar suddenly realized they weren't alone or saw me do a drawing that articulated for them something they hadn't been able to put into words and it made me realize just how powerful a tool drawing can be yeah when you were well, um you never have to you never have to sort of pussyfoot around any difficult questions if you've got questions about the grief side of things by the way it's it's fine <laughs> you're really you're really open and honest in all, all the interviews which is which is lovely um my girlfriend and i were listening to um the carrie ad lloyd one the other day and and um i cried the first time i listened to it and she was in floods of tears because because I, I was re-listening to it so um, oh, that was lovely carrie has fab she's amazing she's done so much for opening up about about talking about grief she's brilliant yeah, she has. So, so with the drawings, you're, I suppose it's, it's the stuff that you're putting out. People are relating to it because 
it's stuff that's never been said or I, I feel like we have we have problems with with dealing with grief and we yeah. don't really share very well with it and I, and I think probably I mean correct me if you think I'm wrong but I mean specifically men that mm-hmm. are not very open about sharing their feelings this is the feedback i get and a lot of the thing i you know i have a, a certain kind of profile to which i i appear to fit i mean i'm a late middle-aged beardy man you know I, I i look like the sort of bloke who would be you know down the pub talking about football and not mentioning his emotions you know so for someone like myself to sort of open up and talk about feelings um I, people have found that helpful i think and and it is it is um something that i think we're getting better slowly but it but it is traditionally you know we're talking about the stiff upper lip the british oh being british about it and um you know real men don't cry and all that bollocks you know it's like it's no it's not true it it takes a lot more courage to to cry in front of somebody than it does not to and i think that that's you know but it shouldn't it's not courage It, it only takes courage because you know people don't expect you to if you can do it it's so much healthier and that's the thing that i try to sort of say to people is no talking about the grief and in my case you're drawing through it and stuff like that it's such a healthy thing because it's it's venting the pressure cooker it's it's letting out those little pieces of emotion it's getting it out there and there's nothing worse than holding in feelings pent-up emotions and being able to do that through art is an extraordinary gift you know i'm lucky in that respect has there ever been times where you've thought what i'm drawing here is too personal to me that i don't want to share it if i felt it was i wouldn't do it i think what i have okay. done occasionally there's been things i haven't drawn when it's involved the kids if i thought no that's that's too much but all the times where the children turn up even especially in the ones where the, the children are relating to the grief yeah um, i have often said to them guys is it okay if i do that as my drawing and okay. they've always said yeah if they ever say not really i won't so i've always sought their permission for them to appear in the serious stories in the comedy drawings I don't ask them because they're just their kids being silly yeah. and, and they're fine with that. Um, trust me, they're very fine with that. <laughs> you know? Am I in it, Dad? Yeah, all right. God. Should I do a thing? No, don't perform for the doodle. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, for the, for the sort of the deeper, more, more the emotional side of things, um, for them I ask. For me, it, it's almost like if it's deeply personal, that's kind of important. Um, imp- imp- I guess maybe I am playing to the gallery a bit there. I don't know, but I, I just think it's an important thing to say. And I'd be if I was feeling like that, and my friend was sitting on my sofa, I'd be telling them I was feeling that. Yeah. So it's it's a kind of bigger version of doing that. It's a bigger version of telling your mate. So in that respect, I, I'm not. I'm just being honest still in it, and I think, and I think that is the thing that is important to do. Um, yeah. So. I suppose it's it's working out how you best um, how how you are best creative, um, and that can be the the channel through which you're able to to deal with things. Because certainly, yeah. like when I am feeling sad, if I start painting, then that that does make me feel better. And yeah. I'd have spoken before about kind of mental health and creative being really intrinsically linked, and I suppose that if I suppose it's it's find the method and go for it. And rather than just sitting there, it's like it's taking action, I suppose. So exactly. I've had this conversation with people. So people say, oh, I love it, but I can't draw. I say, well, it doesn't have to be drawing. Do you, do you bake? You know, 
bake your way through you know do, do you do you like running run your way through do a thing that make that you like to do that helps you express yourself whatever that thing may be and channel your, your your feelings your grief into that and if there's ways to sort of share that with other people that's great if it's just for yourself that's great too but the 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 the, the worst thing is to sit there and bottle it up let it out in whatever way you know bake grief cakes as i say you know do whatever just do a thing <laughs> yeah yeah and i suppose like even if it is just writing it down like that yeah. is still a thing Definitely writing it down or do a drawing you don't have to show everybody do them for yourself yeah. there's no there's no such thing as a bad drawing you know a, every drawing is just a part on the learning curve of, of what to draw next time or whatever and if you're drawing for yourself then every drawing is completely valid it doesn't have to look like michelangelo it doesn't have to look like chris riddell it doesn't you know it's just it, stick men are fine if the stick men help you express yourself just do it has it surprised you how many people have reached out to you i it's insane yes i i it took my breath away i mean it, it, when it first started happening when the it went crazy the day the, um, the, there was a, a newspaper thing article came out and my phone started making all these weird noises. I go, what the hell is my... And it was notifications yeah. saying, oh, it, this has happened, that has happened. And I was like, oh, God, that's... So I had to switch that off because it was just buzzing constantly. And then my mate said to me, have you looked at your numbers? Look at, look at your number. And I went onto t Twitter or whatever it was. And the little number at the bottom that says followers was rolling like a counter. And it was like, oh, that's just weird. So that was very strange, you know. Um, and it took like for a couple of days that happened and then it sort of leveled out, but it still kept going up and then it leveled out. And then there was another one when I did the one show. And I think at that point I was at about 10,000 followers when I went into the building. By the time I got on the bus going home, I was at 17,000. And it was just like, what the hell's and and then it's and it's and it's just every time something it just kept growing and it's it's now at like fifty-six thousand or something, which is which is I just find that bizarre. And wonderful. It's wonderful that there's that many people who are interested in following these crazy scribbles that I do. And I know that most of them follow because it touched them emotionally in some way. They don't follow because mm -hmm. they admire a great artist or they, you know, or whatever, or some fantastic comedian or somebody they want to be who's on the telly. They're following because these funny little scribbles have touched an emotional chord. And I think that's a really nice feeling. And I, and I, I get lovely messages from people. You know, just saying thank you, or you know, we're going through that, or oh my my my, I get messages from people saying I've been following you for a while, and then last week my wife died, and and it's given me so much comfort, and you just think, wow, wow, that's a an incredible thing, you know, uh, how lucky we are to live in an age where where we can do this and we can be of use to people. You know, I I just draw. It's 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 not a really useful job in terms of you know <clears throat> it's not life i never thought of it before as being a job that was an important job i always said to people i'm not a bloody heart surgeon i'm not uh, i'm not you know I, I i don't build things for people i can't i just draw but i realize now that it's actually quite important to a lot of people and, that, and that's quite a humbling thing to suddenly realize when you're my age you know I think as well, it's not like you're just drawing. You're telling a story with that. It's not like you're just drawing his an inanimate object. Yeah. Every time there's like a narrative to it. Yeah, I guess the Doodle, the doodle a Day stuff 
you know there is a narrative and there is a sort of there is a life story happening there <laughs> i've almost become my own soap i don't know but, yeah. but it's kind of like uh, yes there is and within there there's there's like my my fitness journey or my health journey is alongside and the, and the single parenting so there's a multiple set of journeys going on there which um different people can relate to different aspects of the drawings i guess and i'm just it's just there, there was a famous book written um back in the victorian era called the diary of a nobody by george grossmith it was a he, he was a he was an actor used to appear in gilbert and sullivan plays and he wrote a book called diary of a nobody which is literally what it says it's just a, a diary of a nobody and i i think of this as a kind of you know my version of diary of a nobody i'm just a bloke who happens to have lost his wife and happens to be able to draw but that's the only thing that sets me aside, if you like, from from ninety nine percent or whatever, is the fact I've got this facility to do a bit of drawing. But on top of that, I'm just me. I'm just this bloke with all my problems, with all my foibles and mistakes. And I, I, I just like people to know that it's okay to be a bit out of shape and a bit wrong, or, or struggle to do a thing that doesn't quite work, or your kids are driving you nuts, or the, you know, and and. Yeah, it's just a sort of record of a normal life, really. I guess that is what people are tapping into. So, what would you say to someone who maybe isn't getting started in what they want to do because they think I'm just not interesting enough? Just do it. It just, I mean, yeah, I. It depends what you want out of it. I mean, I, you asked a question earlier about did I do a thing to get followers, and it was like, no. And I've, I've never have wanted to get followers and I've, uh, f for the sake of getting followers. I like the fact that people follow because it's good for them. Nothing I, you know, it's not monetized this thing. You know, I don't, I don't have a thing or if I don't get X amount of followers, I don't get my, 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 I don't even know how it works in monetizing. I don't know, I don't know what it, what it does, <laughs> how people make, people say, have you, have you monetized it? I say, I don't even know how that works. I, I get, I get paid to do my job that's fine. This is something I do because it's fun and I want to do it and it helps people. Um, but if they, if people want to get started, but they think oh, I'm not interesting enough. Are you interesting to you? Do you find your life interesting or do you find Do you find you want to remember? That's the most important thing for me. The thing I look back on when I look back through the, the, the diaries, if you like the books is you remember those days and you remember them so lovely and clearly you look back and go, Oh, that was that day when we tried to climb yeah. the trees on those ropes. And I felt like a Christmas decoration or, you know, just hanging there in a rope feeling like a sack of potatoes and, and everyone else was going up above me and going, come on, dad. I'm like, <laughs> and I'd have forgotten that day. If I, you know, if I'd, I'd have probably blanked it, if I hadn't drawn it down, you know, and it just little things like that that you can look back on. And it's a, uh, a record of a life we all take our pictures on our phones of our things that have happened and they, they're fine but they are they are a frozen moment aren't they yeah but the thing about a drawing is you've thought about it you've drawn it so an emotion has gone into the drawing at the same time and you remember that feeling when you drew it and so it doesn't have to be a fabulous drawing as long as you know what you've drawn you could do a drawing that someone else looks at and goes i don't know what that is you go yeah but i yeah. do i know what that is and that's what matters to me so is i think that's that's the important thing I suppose it's like with a gratitude practice, people always talk about that once you do your gratitude practice, then then throughout the day, you're you're looking for things to feel grateful for. And I suppose yeah. it would be the same with you. It's like, do, do you notice life more now? Because those those little things that are seemingly innocuous, because a lot of- Yes, a lot I think I do. Just around the normal. Yeah, exactly. And the, and the normal is something that people find 
you know, interesting. And yeah, I mean, often, you know, if a thing happens that is slightly out of the ordinary or a really particular phrase that one of my kids says or a thing happens, I'll, just, I'll write it down in the phone. It doesn't happen every day. So that becomes part of the the mindfulness practice, if you like, of sitting there in front of the telly of the evening with your little drink and watching your program and going, oh, it's doodle time. And then just going, hmm, think back through the day. Oh yeah, that happened. And that was a nice thing. And oh yeah, that always happens, doesn't it? And and you're suddenly you're thinking back through your day and you're just unpacking it a little bit. And and then something will strike you. That's something I want to remember. And then it goes down, you know. So it's like there are sometimes the specifics go, yeah, that's got to go down because that was fun. You remember it, you draw. But sometimes like I'd quite like to remember that feeling of a thing that happened that felt really normal at the time. Even consciously in the day perhaps you haven't noticed it it's just gone by and it's when you sit in the evening and you're unpacking the day in your head you go oh that feeling and that one goes down so yeah so I've, I've kind of lost where the question was at the beginning I think I've just talked myself in a circle but I think that do, you, do you ever have it where you've had two great things that have happened in one day and you have to pick between them or yes. do you then draw both I've very rarely done both I've just once in a while I've done both if they've been related I've done both um, there's a few doodles in the in in the series of doodles where um, two things have happened that kind of echoed each other or were similar, or two very similar things happened at separate parts of the day, and and I've done that. Um, otherwise, if two things have happened um, and one of them is perhaps not particularly, it doesn't matter that I don't get it out that day, then that will go in the bank. <laughs> okay. For for yeah, those yeah. days when when as I say those days I've literally come out here drawn gone in there et and and that was it you know <laughs> and you go well that's a day that and there have been I think I think literally in the early days there was one doodle I did which was a picture of me going well nothing happened <laughs> um, uh, but but apart from that yeah there's usually some fine now that you do have this this following um, do you feel kind of a responsibility to them to to keep producing daily I, I not really I mean I feel grateful to them that they're there and I the fact that they are there spurs me on to do it maybe on the days when I might have gone oh I can't be asked today yeah because when a, a couple of times when I actually did miss one because I, I got home really late if I'd been out or something. I remember going out I got out really late and I, <laughs> I came back in and I was so tired I couldn't draw so I drew it the next morning and I had messages me again you're right we didn't see your post and we weren't sure you're okay and I go blimey okay there are people actually worrying about me because I didn't post so that made me go okay there is a responsibility in a way to do it for that but I still do it for me not for them and in actual fact, I find it very difficult, impossible to go to bed if I haven't done it. I, it starts around 11 o'clock. There's this little voice in my head starts saying, you've got the sketchbook out. You need to because you, it's time to unpack, you know, and, and um, the, the, I did make a conscious decision once that I started realizing I was getting a lot of followers and saw the profile of my followers and realized that there isn't a profile they they go yeah. right, right across the board from you know both ends of the political spectrum the, the social spectrum the gender spectrum it, it there is no pattern and there's some very interesting people that do follow and um uh so one of the decisions i made quite early on was no more no politics 
you know, I'm not going to, I used to occasionally do a little political thing and something that made me go Whoa, that day, I would do a little political cartoon, usually a comedy one, but still a sort of comedy rant. But I decided, no, there's enough politics out there. Yeah. That's not who I'm about. I'm not about that anymore. So I decided to, to not touch on that. I still touch occasionally lightly on, no, not religion, spirituality, I suppose I touch on. Religion is the other thing I sort of don't really comment on. But I will touch on spirituality a little bit. And interestingly, in, and, and mine, I, I, as you probably see, there's a sort of pagan quality to what I believe in and stuff like that. And, and But that hasn't, I get some lovely comments back from the people that are, you know, that are Christian or Muslim or whatever, who follow me. And and they've never seemed to be offended by it. They always are quite interested in, and and it's, it's, it's really nice, you know, that because I don't bang a drum about any, any kind of belief. I just sort of, you know, occasionally just, I like the, I like the wheel of the year, the turning of the wheel of the year. And I like occasionally to just mark the points in the year that we're at, but I don't sort of take it much further than that when it comes to those. So, so I took out the, the contentious side of perhaps what might one might do to about me almost as a courtesy, because I want it to be a, a nice place. I like the fact that the people that follow are nice people and say nice things to each other and me. And there's enough people that are just horrible on, on social media as it is. And I don't want to be part of that. So I try to cultivate, you know, there's, there's negative stuff when I'm feeling down or when it's about grief, but that's different to being horrible. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't, and, um, yeah. So that's important. On the internet, we have these, these little pockets and you know, as soon as you enter a space online, you know, My apologies. sorry, I have the world's most sensitive Siri. <laughs> um, I think you find those pockets online and as soon as you enter one of those spaces, you, you realize, okay, this is a, this is a space where I know this is tolerated and this is not tolerated. And yeah. you can kind of read the rules of the space that you're interacting with. Strangely. So I think, yeah. Yeah. And, and I have very defensive followers as well. And I think, I mean, in the early days, I think I got trolled by one guy who just said something quite, you know, spiteful about what I was doing or whatever and he just got jumped and I mean the thing is I just went oh whatever delete block I don't you know it's just some keyboard warrior sitting in his mum's basement being an arsehole so you just <laughs> right, I'm gonna I'm gonna get rid of you you know and then there was somebody who, who slightly misread I think one of my drawings once on Instagram and she sort of um, commented on something that I'd done which was a little bit I it was a sort of on in gender politics, if you like. And I think everyone else said, have you looked at Gary's thing? This, that's not what he thinks at all. You're getting this. And she actually apologized. I went, I'm so sorry, I got this wrong. And I answered her saying, it's totally understood. It's, it's, it's forgiven and forgotten. And then everyone jumped on that and going, oh, this is amazing. And it was like, it got a nice, and then that person now is one of the people that says lots of lovely things to me. So I think that's the other thing. People can just sort of, knee-jerk react to stuff and if people just try to understand tone is difficult to read on, on, on in, in a typing yeah you can't type tone you know you can put as many emojis as you like or whatever but it doesn't really help um and i think that's the thing that some people forget they try to make a joke and you go oh don't do jokes you know <laughs> that that wasn't a good idea and so yeah i, I try to keep a friendly space when it comes to the the spirituality stuff it, it's hmm no matter on what your beliefs, I, I really just like the, the way that you depict Joy watching over and just, because, because her presence will always be there, whether or, yeah. whether or not you believe in an afterlife or, or that she's yeah. actually physically watching, her exactly. presence yeah. is there. So, and, and you just, you draw that. 
and it's that feeling what i'm drawing is a feeling i'm not drawing for you know i mean i i don't believe she is there in any kind of way you know like like a sort of you know <laughs> jedi <laughs> jedi force ghost or whatever you know glowing and that's how i draw her because it's a shorthand for that mm. but I've always said, and I, I know I, I talk to my children about this. You know, no no one's ever truly gone if you still hold a piece of them inside you. As long as you remember somebody, they're still with you, and that's what I'm depicting in those. Is it's her memory. It's the, the and the knowing what she would be doing at that moment, and that's how she, why she crops up, how she does in those um, in those particular ones where she turns up. It's because. I feel that feeling of oh she'd be feeling this right now and you you know they they never go they they you love somebody as much as I loved her they they there's always a huge piece of them still inside you and we knew each other so well that I know exactly what she'd be saying or thinking in everything that happens with us so sometimes you just have to put that down because that extra person to back it's one of the things that that goes when you when you lose somebody like that you lose that person you bounce off of uh, which is one of the hardest things I found about being you know a widower initially was not having that extra set of ears to bounce ideas but when you know somebody as well as i knew her you can sort of virtually do that by going you can have that conversation and fill in her side as well yeah and and i kind of still do that so it's a way of actually showing that visually i guess it's a visual shorthand for that com- that internal monologue i think that's so lovely because really all we can hope for on this planet and during this like very short weird thing called life is I suppose legacy and for me when I was younger like as a graffiti artist that I was definitely searching for like that some kind of legacy and it was so misplaced and misguided that only now as an older person I can look look back on that and just realize I do still have that that um kind of need for to create a legacy and leave a legacy But I think the most beautiful thing you can do is, is Joy was obviously an incredible person that if you can just touch someone enough that, that they can, they can forward that legacy for you. Yeah. And you know, you, you've tapped into exactly something I said to my daughter. I mean, so when I, you know, I've always been, I've been an artist, been a professional artist. And, and, you know, one of the things when you do this as a job is, you know, that when you're gone, your work will still be around and, you know, five people might remember it or 500 or 5,000 or five, you know, whatever. And, um, I, I do a lot of work in private eye and stuff like that. So I knew that that was out there, you know, that, that, that buzz of knowing that people who don't know me know my stuff was, was a great thing to think, oh, there's a legacy and, and whatever. And you think, and then working in TV and stuff like that and doing cartoons, you go, oh, there, there's a legacy. I did a thing that's going to be seen. And, and But when Joy died, I realised that the most important legacy, and, and this is what I spoke to my daughter about in one of our conversations, is to be remembered with love, you know, she said to me one day, it was one of those deep questions that an 11 year old says to you when they can't sleep. What's the point of life if it just ends? You know, and I was like, holy crap. All right, then I need to sit down. Right. Let's have a little chat about this. It's a big question, darling. And I said, well, all right, I'll tell you what the point of life is. Um, you know how since mummy died, whenever anyone talks about her, they smile and say, oh, do you remember that time when she did this and did that? And whenever they think about her, they, they, they think about her with a smile and they talk about her smile and her laugh and that's what they remember about her. I said, that's the point of life. Be the person that makes other people smile when they remember you and makes their life a little bit better by you being in it. That's the point. And I think that is the legacy that is important on top of everything else. You know, it's all gonna go eventually. All our artwork will be gone. There'll be a time 
when nobody remembers all this shit that we do, which is great. And it's lovely we do it now. And I'm, it's, I'm so grateful that people like what, what I do, what you do. One day that will be gone, you know. But if there's a chain of people down the line that remember us as a person, and that group will get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. It doesn't matter. That's the legacy that really counts. <laughs> I don't think there's, I mean, there's a million questions that we, we could ask, but I think that's just such a perfect note to end it on. I mean, we just discussed the meaning of life. So uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ask you about, so how did you get started uh, drawing? It's, it's, <laughs> other than that. So, um, Gary, this was amazing. Thank you so much. Um, where can our listeners uh, find you to interact with you? Cause I'm sure they're like, they, uh, the best place is probably either Twitter or Instagram. I am at Gary Scribbler on both of those. Um, I'm on Facebook as well, where you can follow on there, but it's the same stuff. So <laughs> probably, probably Twitter and Instagram are the best place to go to at Gary Scribbler. And I have a, a YouTube channel now, which is also Gary Scribbler, one word, capital G, capital S, Gary Scribbler. And on there, I'm putting the little, little films that me and the kids have been making little films during lockdown and, and they've been going up on there. And um, I've been doing some live drawing sessions, which I've recorded and they've gone on there as well. So it's bits and pieces, just stuff to entertain and make people smile, really. So that's where you find me. Amazing. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for listening. To get any value from these episodes, it would mean the world to us if you could share the podcast with someone who needs it. You can always reach out to us on Instagram at rebelscreate or head over to creativerebels.co. And remember, always be creating. See ya.